Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So today we have Carolina from Brazil. How's it going? Hey, Ryan. Fine, and you? Very doing, nice to meet you. Yes, doing well, doing well. So Carolina um, is going to tell her story for all of you guys. Um, this is actually the first story that we've had of someone doing a podcast uh, from Brazil. So this is going to be really interesting. Um, learn a lot about what's going on down there. So kind of can you start us off with um, where and kind of how you, you found out that your son had XXY? Sure. Uh, first, it's a huge pleasure to be here. I'm a, as I mentioned before, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not a um, native English speaker, but I hope uh, I can make any difference in someone's life. So I think it's worth it. So um, since I was 35 years old when I got pregnant, now I'm 36, uh, my doctor, my OB was uh, kind of concerned because I'm like a little more age mom. And she asked us to have the NIPT, the non-invasive prenatal test. Uh, I always wanted a boy and she knew it. It's something I've mentioned before to her. And uh, after 10 days, she called me and said, I'm thrilled uh, to inform you that you are expecting a boy. But uh, I'm concerned and I need to tell you that the NIPT test came uh, with an information that he's probably an XXY. He probably has a Klinefelter syndrome. Uh, as in Brazil, we have uh, two kinds of systems, the one you pay and the healthcare system. Uh, my doctor is one of that uh, the parents, the pregnants pay for the, for the attendance, the meetings. And uh, she's a really, really good doctor. She studies a lot and she already knew about Klinefelter syndrome. So I felt safe. I felt uh, I could trust her. And she said, you don't have to be worried. He will be a perfect little man. Uh, he will probably have a problem in having children in the future, but it's nothing, uh, it's not like a life sentence. You don't have to be that worried. And also I remembered my, my classes uh, back in school when we learned about it and I remembered the name and uh, that's my first regret. Since I remembered that I was curious, I decided to check on Google to make our, um, our research as most part of the parts. So when you, and you were previously telling me that your, your son is also a rainbow baby, that you had a miscarriage before. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I have psoriasis and I was uh, intending to change the treatment and psoriasis. Uh, most part of the medication you take, you cannot get pregnant. So since I decided I want to be a mom, I had stopped it, all medications, but my psoriasis got worse. So I went to the doctor and he asked me, do you have any chance of being pregnant? And I said, yes. So he said, we'll make a test before. And I was really surprised because the test was positive. I was not, I, I definitely didn't have a clue back there. But five days after that, I lost the baby, unfortunately. And uh, we were really sad, me and my husband, because it, we weren't we didn't know, but we were happy, of course. It's something that uh, it was in our plan. So of course it was, uh, I wanted babe and everything. So we, we decided to keep trying. And uh, 20 days after the miscarriage, I started to feel like a, a really heavy flu. 
and I thought, oh my God, maybe I'm with COVID. But some symptoms were like, uh, I'm pregnant again. So I was really in doubt and I went to the, to the drugstore and bought two tests, the COVID one and the pregnancy one. And one of them was positive and it was not the COVID. So I was really happy, but it was really close to my miscarriage. So I was really happy and really scared. Like, oh my God, in one month, I lost the baby on May 1st. And on May 21, I discovered I was pregnant again. Uh, that's that seems like it's I don't even know how that works but it seems like it's so close together but that's a that's an incredible story so when you were told about the diagnosis from the doctor and the doctor said you know everything's gonna be okay he's he might have infertility then you said you went to Google can you explain what what going to Google and what that was like for you oh it was terrible I, I think for me uh, I'm I, I'm, I'm a lawyer and I'm also academic I'm in my PhD. So I love to read articles. So when I went to Google, uh, I was Googling, searching for good information, for knowledge. So I think for my husband, it was a little bit worse because he just Googled it and went to the images and he said it, it was really shocking for him. So I was trying to understand how could I help my baby? So what, uh, what the future was holding for us and how could I, I make his, uh, his childhood and also his adulthood, everything easier. So to understand what would be our challenges. But I, I definitely admit, uh, I cried the, after this, the, the day that I had the information. And then I, when I started reading articles, I went to take a shower, to go down and I cried a lot because I was uh, really asking God why. Uh, why I'm scared and now why an XXY, what are your plans? But of course I respect it. And of course I, I'm taking it, but I was really scared because it was not good news at all. When I searched on was, the internet, it was not as brilliant as my doctors made it sense. Was there anything specific that you remember reading that just like you, from, from what your doctor said, you're, your son's going to be okay. He's going to have infertility to what you act like. Can you remember specific things that you read? I do. It's more than red that I saw. They were, I, of course, you know it, but that image from probably from the 80s of the body that it's kind of a women body and a man body. I was afraid uh, because of bullying. It's really common here in Brazil. I think it's common in the whole world. It's a, it's an adolescent thing, but I was afraid of of uh, my baby uh, suffer bullying in the college or something like that, and. Uh, I, the first thing I thought is, oh, okay, so he won't be able to have kids. But my second thought was, who said he wants it? So I'm not going to suffer for it right now because I'm probably sad. And, and like in 20 years, he would turn to me and say, no, mom, I don't want to have kids. So I'm not going to be upset about it right now. Uh, I know medicine is uh, having great steps and the direction that, and opportunities and uh, another ways that my, if he decides that he wants to have kids, he, he will be able to father. So, uh, so I think bullying was my, my, my main concern. I think that that's, that's fair in, in that aspect. I think that a lot of, a lot of moms when they're pregnant, they, there's this idea of perfect perfection, um, with, with a child, with a baby and, and 
that nothing could possibly ever be wrong or anything like that. And so when the diagnosis comes, there's a lot of shock, especially when you go to Google. Um, Google is a scary place for our, for the diagnosis of XXY. Um, so how did like how did your husband handle um, you know learning about the diagnosis and after he went to Google Images, how did you guys talk about things um, in order to keep your son ultimately? Uh, we have really different ways to handle. So I find comfort in reading and preparing myself. And he most part of time chose silence to think about it and to prepare himself and then to have a conversation. So we started talking about it uh, close to, to the birthday, close to the day that our son uh, was in our arms. So we talked like most part of the time, he wasn't really more optimist than me. He was like, we can handle it. Uh, he will have a wonderful family. Uh, you're definitely prepared. I'm trying to prepare myself. So let's do it together. We are a family. Uh, he will know love. So in the first place, that's uh, what's the most important. He will have an amazing uh, childhood with his cousins and everything. So you don't have to be that worried. And it helped me a lot to calm down. And there was a moment that I decided that I should stop researching because it's in the beginning, it was really helping me. And then I believe he was right. It's, it's time to stay a little bit with myself, think about it and get prepared because you can read a lot, but you will only know what to do when your son's here. So it's, it's children is a children's son. And so what was the day like when uh, you went to the hospital to have your son? It was the best day of my life, but uh, it was actually, uh, we had a, a situation that I was not ready. And he has his first bias, his first prejudice regarding XXY. I don't know if you remember, I texted you about it because uh, he was uh, a little bit tired. And the doctor from the hospital, she put him in the CPAP, you know? to breathe better. Okay. Some, some people uh, sleep with it when they snore a lot. Oh, like, they, a, like a CPAP, like a oxygen? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So she, uh, despite putting him in the lower, she decided to put him in the CPAP. And uh, we had a lung damage and he held a pneumothorax. And we stayed 18 days in the intensive care. And the doctor came to me, she went to my room. I was really sad because I stayed like for, I don't know, five minutes with my son and he was uh, took it to take care of course. And she came to me in my room and said, it's your son's fault because his XXY. Whoa. Yes. That was a lot for me because the best part is that I read a lot. So I knew it made no sense. And then uh, I decided to ask for the chief in the hospital if it made any sense. And she turned to me and said, of course not. There's no pneumothorax in newborn. Who said it? And I said, the doctor who caused it. But it was, I, I say my baby started fighting with it since the, they won, since I was born. Because 
she was terrible. She was so mean with him because she decided that her error would be uh, like his fault. She would tell the hospital and everybody, it was not my fault that I, I put the zip up in the wrong pressure. It's his fault because he has XXY. That's not okay. That's de definitely not okay. So it and important to mention, uh, really important to highlight. It's one of the best hospitals in Brazil. So can you imagine what happens in the in the public healthcare system? I, I can't I can't imagine. I mean, to 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 just instantly put on a newborn one day old to just blame the diagnosis for her mistake and not being able to admit her mistake. There's something wrong with her, not, you know, like did anything happen with the situation of when you talk to the chief of the hospital and and um, what what happened there? Well, we, we of course we took care of our baby uh, the best way we could. We were there a hundred percent of time during this eighteen days. Uh, he showed us how strong he is. He's beautiful, amazing, and smiley. Everything you can imagine of a perfect boy. He's my perfect boy. And uh, but we decided to wait to talk again with the with the with the all the responsibles with the board of the hospital because we were afraid of something bad happened to him if we decided to report it while he was there. So the day we took him home, I went to compliance officer, and I reported everything that happened. Uh, and they dismissed her. She's not part of the hospital anymore. So, because I said I was, I wouldn't be able to sleep well knowing that other mothers could be, could feel the same, could be uh, like a victim of her again. And so they agreed. And I'm, I'm glad that they, they did something because I think she, she was mean to my son, but she almost killed him. And she, and she said it was his fault, made no sense. So she's not a good doctor. She's not supposed to be there and especially bringing babies to this world so she should be doing anything else but not definitely not working there so we reported and and that's it despite being a lawyer we decided not to sue the hospital because it would be like a headache exposing our son like a lot uh for for nothing it would take like five years six years to have an answer that I think it would be more down downsides than upsides. So we decided just to 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 report to the compliance and uh, and guarantee that not other moms and dads would be uh, living what we what we lived. I mean, it's amazing that you, as a lawyer, like your love of research and your love, your ability to read and all of that, you were so well prepared for your pregnancy and everything that you had read there was nothing that that meant that anything in the anything in literature does not mention any i, I mean i i'm going to say like you've read it i've read it it doesn't mention anything along those lines so the fact that you've gotten her removed from the medical system is only and then the fact that you did all that research if you didn't do that research you would have been like you might have been like oh yeah it, it could be xxy like just putting something on it, listening to someone else. And that seems to happen a lot in our community of doctors that don't know very much, just automatically just put something on it or say that that's XXY when there's not actual 
information that that clarifies if it is or isn't. And that's Ryan. Really, I really thank you and our community because uh, you you guys have a, an amazing website and you have like a, an amazing index of articles. So uh, I think it was my my main uh, source of good articles was living with XXY. So. I was definitely more prepared uh, thanks to you guys. I didn't know people actually read that I what I created. <laughs> wow, no, what? So I sent uh, the link to all my doctors and to every, everybody that I talked about it. Uh, they have already accessed. And when they say, oh, I read it. Uh, and they say, oh, they have a great article about it on living in XXY. And so you go to the part regarding autism, regarding... Uh, adolescents regarding what to expect, which is one of recent. So yes, I always say to people that I know, especially doctors about the website and, and the index you created, it's amazing. Well, and it helped me to be more prepared. Well, thank you. I, I, I created that a while back, just thinking about what research is out there. And, and I had to contact a lot of the doctors to ask for the research paper, because a lot of the papers you have to pay for if you don't have the right access for them. And so I've, I'm glad you're the first person that I've, uh, that I've talked to that has actually said they've, they've been on there and, and read the research section. So that means it's working. I haven't updated it yet. I'm hoping to update it soon at some point. Um, it's just another project added to that long, long list. Um, so wh when did you find Living with XXY? Like how did you, how did you find us? Oh, you guys has an amazing website in US that is uh, what to expect. And I was, I like to do research in Portuguese, but also in English because we have differences in the results that come. So I decided first to just research it in Portuguese and I found our community. And then I start to make the research uh, in English. And then uh, it led me to whattoexpect.com. And then there's a section regarding NIPTI results. And one of the section is XXY. And it, mothers had the same, the same doubts and same fear that I was. So it was amazing to find this. And a lot of people uh, say, don't worry, uh, it's gonna be really fine. My nephew is XXY, my brother's XXY, and you definitely should know a community that is living with XXY. So I decided to check it and then I found you guys and I'm here since then. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. So I actually went on to what to expect about a year, a year and a half ago, because some, someone that had this exact same story as they went on there and there were some moms mentioning it. And so I created an account and I actually started commenting, searching for all the XXY stuff that I could possibly find and commenting and letting them know like, hey, there's this organization um, and letting them know that the information's out there. Um, well, what, so once your son came home and he was out of NICU and you guys had, you brought him home, what was, what was the beginning of motherhood like for you and your husband? Well, I think, uh, I can only say amazing things. So, um, I'm really in love with my son. He's amazing. Uh, he, he. I, I'm breastfeeding him since the hospital, so he's growing uh, amazingly well. He's a really healthy guy. He's uh, he's really smart. He reached all milestones 
a little bit earlier than expected. So I think you have challenges because he's my first son. Sleeping is one of, I think, the main challenges we have because I'm someone that loves to sleep and uh, now I sleep. I have to wake up like two, three times during the night, but it's fine. But uh, everything's really, really, really well. I think we both are really in love and it's something that's really curious. I had read it in the blog before, like when you ask moms, what would you say to, to other moms? Uh, one of the first uh, that I read said, try not to be that worried because you will see everything will be perfect and you will regret being so worried. And I remember this mother a lot because uh, these days I almost don't remember he's an ex-sexy. There's nothing like all the guys, you, you, you don't look to him and say he's ex-sexy or what challenges he will have. He's amazing. He's a perfect little boy and that's what I care. Are there milestones that are in Brazil that, that are like recommended milestones for the kid at certain ages to reach certain um, like aspects of development and, and to look for de possible delays? And how, how is that going for you guys? He, he reached all of them earlier. We have this. It's like the same uh, app that you guys have, like Wonder Weeks. I think it's the name in English. We have it too. And we have a doctor that is a specialist in XX5 uh, that is uh, looking after him and the, and the pediatrician and the baby doctor. And they are, we monthly have an attendance with them to check if he's hitting milestones and if he's growing as expected and he's better than expected. So as far as when it comes to services, like here in the States, and I'm sure you've read this, is um, like having physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. Are these things covered um, if, if your son was to need them in Brazil? Is it covered or is that kind of part of the private insurance versus public insurance in, in that aspect? Private insurance, uh, it's easier. We can have it in the public too, but we have a long line. Okay. Because it's, of course, it's not only for XXY, so it's really, really difficult to schedule. Uh, but in in the privacy insurance, you definitely can have it and uh, uh, great doctors, great professionals. So it's definitely covered. Uh, since uh, he was he was born in the last day, he was really well inside my belly. So he was sleeping amazing. So he has like a neck. Um, I don't know how you say it in English, but like he was the all the time in the same position. So we need the the one of our assistants and great, everything went perfectly fine. I think uh, we took three months. So you did three months. You did three months of physical physical therapy. Physical therapy, okay. exactly. Just to help with the, because he was sitting in the same position to help with his neck and, and growth and in, in that aspect. Exactly. Okay. And so, so it, but it helped him to crawl to everything. Okay. Yeah. Th I, I, th it's interesting how there's like in a lot of other countries other than the United States, there's the public and then there's the private healthcare in that aspect. And there's so much, there's so much to learn about every each country's healthcare. I haven't even gone down that route, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, um, it's amazing that, 
from what you've been through from the diagnosis till now, um, him, re- uh, uh, him reaching his milestones early um, and kind of doing the research that you did, is it, is it like in a way mind blowing that what you read versus what your son is able to accomplish is kind of completely opposite of the spectrum? Yes, definitely. But uh, one thing that I learned before he arrived is that uh, I shouldn't be uh, like attached to the spectrum because it's a really, really huge spectrum. So it would be better for me not to expect a lot. So because I won't be anxious. So he could have like uh, motor issues, like uh, reading issues, but uh, we'll have to wait. We'll have to see. So uh, and I read uh, in in XXY blog, a lot of moms that were saying, oh, my baby hit milestones earlier. And so I know he is not the only one. So I was, I'm really happy, of course. I'm really proud, it's my baby. But uh, I know it's possible. I know it's a huge spectrum. So he might have little issues or huge issues in, in I don't know, one side, like speaking, reading, I don't know. And, you, and exactly, you don't know until you kind of hit those hit those sections of life where if he does start to have problems, he does present them. And then a lot of fathers have said that, oh, well, if he has challenges, we're just going to face those challenges, help him with those challenges. We're not going to worry about those challenges. We're just going to treat our we're going to treat our son like he's just any other normal kid. Um, and we're going to grow up and learn. I think the hard part about research and this diagnosis and there's not very much information is parents tend to do a lot of research and then they don't, they don't look at their son as an individual in their own way. And they constantly are looking for the things that other families have experienced or that they've read in research. They're constantly looking for those little things so then they can like jump on therapy or they can jump on helping them. And there's, and, and, a lot. Some of the parents have said, "Well, we're just going to wait. We're not going to worry about it. We know what to look for, and when if he has that, when he does, we're going to get him the help he needs. But we're not going to sit there and constantly be like, is this XXY or is that XXY?'" Perfect. That's exactly what uh, we decided uh, to do, and uh, we decided not to blame XXY for everything that happens because uh, he's just a boy. You, you have boys that uh, talks later and are not XXY. So actually we see that every kid has a challenge. So uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say that, oh, he's, uh, he didn't hit this milestone, it's XXY. No, he's a kid. It's part of the process. So uh, I'm trying to avoid and also my husband to be more anxious than we need. So we already have the, the information we need. And so we are exactly as the other parents told you, we will try to deal with whatever comes, with uh, whatever he faces in the future, but I don't want to be worried today. What is your son, what have you noticed about your son? What, is he an observer? Um, like what, you know, what, what's he like? He's, he's definitely an observer and uh, he loves animals. So that's really cute. We're going to take him to the zoo next weekend. Next, yeah, next weekend, next Saturday. Um, uh, he loves nature. He loves trees. He loves grass. He loves to be to feel free. He loves the wind. 
it's so cute because he closed his eyes and smiling when it's winning it's amazing it's really cute and he's really smiling he's really a happy boy and and he likes to make us laugh he's like to like to hide and to and to to be with the dogs and to to make like the sound of the animals to make us laugh so it's really amazing he's perfect <laughs> so why i guess why did you want to come on today to ha- do a podcast and share and share your story when um you've done the research and you've read everything and it's easy for a lot of families just to hide in the shadows and, and not talk about not openly talk about it and open up about it because like you said you're afraid of him being bullied later on in life yeah as i told you i uh, I didn't mention the name of my son because uh, I'm still afraid of coming out and uh, to have an idea. Uh, only of only of the really petit comité, the the uh, the most close uh, people in my family knows about it uh, because it's uh, because we're afraid of uh, he facing. Uh, sadness with the family, like people saying, "Oh, it's about X, X, Y, and it's nothing to do with that." So, but at the same time, uh, if it wasn't for X, for living with X, X, Y, uh, I wouldn't have that much information. I wouldn't be under, uh, able to handle what we handled back in the hospital with the doctor. So, the same time, I'm afraid uh, and I'm scared uh, of what he will face. Uh, I also think it's really important to be here and to and to help other parents, especially if there's any Brazilian parents there out there or Latin parents out there, uh, to say that we are a community, like an international community. We have like the Ireland uh, guy that is amazing, bring awareness. We have the kids. Uh, they're all, always with you, bringing awareness. And you have us in Brazil, you have the family in Italy, to say that we are a community and XXY exists is not uh, uh, the monster it is as when you Google it uh, and uh, to say everything will be fine and to say that read articles, bring, uh, have information and also enjoy, enjoy your kid, everything will be fine. So to, I don't know, to, I don't know, hoping that I can uh, help someone the way uh, other parents helped me when I was pregnant. That's wonderful. I, I definitely appreciate you putting yourself out there and being vulnerable in this situation, especially just because of, you know, you are afraid of, of the unknowns and being coming forward and, and even just sharing your story, um, even with not being fully open about it. You're one of the first that I've actually talked to in this situation. Um, so I really appreciate you coming forward. I hope that this inspires more of the other mothers out there that are listening to, hey, I want to do that too. I want to share. Um, what was it like telling family that you said, you know, your close family knows? So what was it like telling them about the diagnosis? And when did you tell, like what, you know, at what point did you tell them? It was really easy because we are really close. It's my my sister-in-law and my brother. Actually, they are uh, my son's godfather. So we are really, really close. And uh, I told them the same day my doctor told me. So I said, oh, uh, it's a boy. And uh, he probably has uh, uh, an extra X. 
And I think they Google it, but we never talked about it uh, anymore because after all the research, uh, we were like convinced that it would, it, we can have challenges, but it's fine. So actually it's, it's really smooth. They are, they are with our son like every weekend we play together and no difference at all. But, uh, like my father is someone that I decided not to tell because I think it wouldn't be easier for him. He like he's older and he he would make research, but he would Google not reading articles and everything. So it would be more scared and he probably he would be one of the uh, people that would uh, look to my son and say, oh, it's definitely an XXY problem. So he's talking later. He's not walking as we should. He would definitely blame on XXY and not looking at him, at him like a normal child. So. Uh, for my father, I decided not to say because I, I, actually I'm trying not to expose my son more than I more than he needs. So for this uh, this part of my family, it was it was really okay. They are amazing, and we deal with that together. And my son loves them, and they love my son like a lot. So it's really fine. Um, let's see. So did you? You talked about uh, you know getting the possible diagnosis through NIPT. How did you confirm the diagnosis? Uh, I did amnio, amniocentesis, on okay. um, I think it was the 60th or the 70th week. We decided to do it, and it came. The, it confirmed this. Also, because we were uh, concerned if he was like 48, 49, we were. It was not only to say that he was. 46 or 47 or exactly to understand his karyotype. So we could be uh, well prepared to understand which kind of challenge we could have. That was our discussion with our doctor and he said the needs. He said that it probably uh, has an SCA or anything, but the screening is uh, comparing, I didn't know if you knew it, it was, it was really curious for me. With all the mothers that made the needs on the day, so it points which one is different. That's why it's not a diagnosis, it's only a screen. And he said, so you, you won't know uh, only with NIPT, it's a 46 for seven, for eight or for nine. So if you do want to know better, you should uh, do the amnio. If you don't care, you can do it after his, after his birth. And so uh, of course we decided to, uh, to investigate it uh, to know it better, but my husband wanted to know why I was pregnant, so we decided to do the amnio, and we confirmed it's a 47, and it's fine for us, so we decided just to, I think we, 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 we relaxed after the amnio, because, okay, this is the scenario, we do have all the information we need, so we can enjoy a little bit this pregnancy, because it was really stressful until then. I guess to kind of kind of end in a in a way I want I want to know like what what would you tell other mothers you know and I, I know you've kind of said this in, in little bits and pieces in this podcast but like what would you tell other mothers that will be in your shoes or that are listening to this that are in your shoes well first thing would be to enjoy the pregnancy I know how difficult it is I know uh how many information cross our minds and how scared uh, we get when we when we when we receive the the diagnosis but enjoy the pregnancy uh, it's 
you are able, you, you should, it's your moment and it's a special moment. So uh, don't lose it because it's not worth it. And uh, there, when I was pregnant, I was saying, I know uh, when I meet my son, the love will be so, so hard that uh, none of, the, of this will be that important. And that was true. So I think everything changed after our boys are here because the love we feel is, it's really more intensive, at least for me, when I was pregnant. I, I really know what this love is right now that is here. And it changes everything. It changes the way you, of course, it, uh, you are more protective, but also you, you're not like uh, afraid of everything of the spectrum. You're actually knowing your boy, enjoying your boy, and you see that uh, you can enjoy it. You can relax. It's not... Uh, what the Google of the 80s would tell you. It's actually really, really more uh, easy going. It's easy to deal and, and it's someone you will fall in love. So I think it would be to relax and enjoy. Well, thank, thank you so much for sharing your story and coming out in, from Brazil. And hopefully this inspires more families and, and mothers to kind of come forward and share their story, even if they're not fully open. Um, about the diagnosis that this just shows that uh, you're you're you've done it and if you've done it then you've kind of pioneered that and others can follow thank you and really thank you for for uh, inviting me to be here it's it's a huge pleasure and thank you a lot for this community it helped me a lot no problem thank you so much